Hello everyone. Today we are going to talk about William James focusing on his answer to the question, is life worth living? James is usually known as one of the fathers of pragmatism alongside Dewey and Pierce. His essays on pragmatism are famous for their exposition of the fundamental principles of pragmatism in a remarkably beautiful prose. Other than his essays on pragmatism, there are a few famous essays like On a Certain Human Blindness and Is Life Worth Living, to name a few, that address the question of the meaning of life. We are going to focus now on his treatment of the question of the meaning of life in view of his pragmatic philosophy of belief. Before going on to the serious questions of life, it would help us if we could lay down the foundational elements of pragmatism as they relate to these questions. In 19th century Europe, there were two main schools of philosophy that were arguing against each other, empiricism and rationalism. The main fight between the two rested on the fact that rationalism claimed that there are innate ideas apart from experience that play a major role in rationalizing and understanding the world. On the other hand, empiricism wanted to establish that there are no innate ideas and sensory experience is the only ingredient required to generate ideas. William James was a ferocious reader. He was well informed about the developments in philosophy in Europe. The more he read, the more he got concerned about the image of philosophy as presented in the seminar rooms of big universities. He thought that the amount of time spent on metaphysical quibbles that had no influence on our daily lives could be saved and our intellectual energy could be better spent. To place philosophy back to its regal status, he dedicated his life to tying down philosophy with reality as we experience it. James highlighted a fact about theorizing that would allow philosophers to disabuse themselves of wrong assumptions regarding theories. He said that a theory is usually considered as an end that one has to reach through hypotheses and constant interrogation of facts. But the theoretical statement that we achieve as a result of all the hard work is the end of the journey. What matters more for James than what of the theory is its how and why. James said that theories work as instruments to understand the world and the most important thing to understand regarding ideas that make up the theory is that they bring a certain temperament with them. If someone believes in an idea then he looks at the world in an exclusive manner. His attitude towards the world is exclusively determined by his belief structure. Pierce also agreed with James in this regard as he also understood that the main effect of believing in a certain idea is that it results in a particular conduct. I act according to the idea that I believe to be true. In the same way, your actions stem from the set of ideas that you believe to be true. Our beliefs are not merely mental entities good only for concocting hypotheses regarding imaginative situation. They have influence on reality by virtue of the changes that they bring to our perspectives and consequently on our behavior with others. This brings us to the standard of truth in pragmatism. The truth value of the idea is dependent upon its practical consequences. To put it crudely, if it works, it is true. If it does not work, which basically means that if it brings no change in our behavior or on reality, then it is not true. For instance, if an idealist comes up to you and tries to convince you that there is no external reality outside mental reality, then all you need to do to disprove him is to take him near a lamppost on the street in front of you and ask him to bang his head on the lamppost as hard as possible and not feel the pain. If he does not feel the pain, then he is right. But if there is a sensation of pain, then his idealism is a farce. Because living a life with the belief that there is no external reality except for what one thinks of it is impossible.
If someone is an empiricist, then he would work hard to find facts, to create an intelligent structure such that he could gain as many facts as possible about a certain idea to check its worth. All his efforts in fact findings are a result of the temperament generated by his belief in empiricism. And this temperament also affects the interpretation of further inputs. It is not easy to let go of, of old sedimented ideas, therefore there is a high possibility that the new piece of evidence coming will be accepted as true only if it agrees with the interpretation of the core of our belief structure. Therefore, temperament decides interpretation, not vice versa. James asserted that before fighting over arguments and evidences against or for a particular theory, it would be better if we just saw which side is bringing more good to the world and have a robust set of practical consequences. Even if someone says that they are trying to avoid conflict but their actions are actually fueling conflict, then their definition of peace is certainly wrong. How does this help us answer the question, is life worth living? James' answer is simple. What do you believe your life is worth? Since your belief brings with it an attitude to achieve what you believe in, Therefore, it is worth asking the question to yourself at every moment. Do I believe that my life is worth living? James would not reply to this question, but he would tell you the possibilities of both answers. If you believe that your life is worth living, then you will make it worth living. But if you believe that your life is not worth living, then you will work to make it not worth living. But he would not stop there. He would also stress that, is it worth living for others as well? Ask that question. Our relations with our fellow beings are of tantamount importance to James. We finish this essay with a quotation that he took from Ruskin, just so that we leave you with food for thought. Quote open. If suddenly, says Mr. Ruskin, in the midst of the enjoyment of the palate and lightnesses of heart of a London dinner party, the walls of the chamber were parted, and through their gaps the nearest human beings who were famishing and in misery were born into the midst of the company feasting and fancy, free of pale from death, horrible in destitution, broken by despair, body by body, they were laid upon the soft carpet, one beside the chair of every guest, would only the crumbs of the dainties be cast to them, would only a passing glance, a passing thought be vouchsafed to them, yet the actual facts. The real relation of each Dives and Lazarus are not altered by the intervention of the house wall between the table and the sick bed by the few feet of ground, how few which are indeed all that separate the merriment from the misery. Quote close. Thank you everyone.